Welcome to Word from the Herd, produced and brought to you by the Kimmel Foundation for Recovering Leadership. Welcome to Word from the Herd. I'm your host, Thomas Hill, and today I get the pleasure of being in the studio with Amy Mason, the Executive Director of the Kimmel Foundation for Recovering Leadership, and of course, the producer of Word from the Herd. Amy, welcome. Thank you. It's kind of interesting to have you on kind of your own show, really. Um, how do you feel about that? We'll see. I'm, I'm delighted to be here. That's great. Well, we've spent the last four months talking to leaders from our community and asking them about how they demonstrate the various ways that we communicate and show people that we care about them. And most of that has been in the context of our organizational roles, the businesses and the organizations that we run. But we thought today it might be fun to talk about how this would play out in our personal lives because all of us have a lot of different roles. Amy, you yourself, you have run a nonprofit foundation, you've owned your own business, you have worked as an independent contractor for other people, plus you're a wife, a mom, a daughter, a sister all of these things. So you have a lot of roles. All of us have a lot of roles. So let's talk about that a little bit, if, if you don't mind. Um, is that okay with you? That sounds great. Or, I do think that the ways that we have talked about over this whole season are definitely translatable into our homes and into our families. It's not just something that we put on when we come to work and we start valuing people at the office because that's what we need to do for unity and, and to move ourselves forward as a company. Because if it moves us forward as a company, surely it will also move us forward as a family. So I'm, I'm excited about looking at how this translates into a personal arena. That's awesome. One of the things you just said there I think is really, really important. You said that this is not something that we just put on. And, and really, as leaders, if we're not acting authentically it's not going to work. Right. Um, we are who we are deep down inside. So if we don't really care about people and if we're not really demonstrating that we care about people, uh, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it everywhere. And if we're just kind of putting on an act or something somewhere, people are going to see through that. And it's not going to be real. So that's a really, really good point. All right. So let's talk about illuminating the vision. I'm a, I'm a CEO. Makes perfect sense to me how to communicate and illuminate and have a vision for our organization and for a business. But tell me what it looks like to have a vision for a family or for myself personally. Yeah, I think this one is definitely has a personal element to it um, because illuminating the vision before you can have a plan or a direction for your family, you have to know who you are and what is true for you. So what do, you, what do you want? What do I want to be true about myself? And I think that as much as we talk about that, as much as we hear it in various seminars and conversations, there's very few people who actually sit down and write out, what is it that I want to be true about my life right now, in 10 years, in 20 years? And we seem to go through life a lot of times just every day, making every day work and going to the next step. And and we talk, when people ask us questions, they say, when we're young, they say, so what are you going to do in school? What's your major going to be? 
And then toward the end of school, they're like, so when are you getting married? And as soon as you get married, so when are you having kids? When, what? And everyone's looking ahead up to that point. And then you kind of fall off. And then everything begins revolving around your kids and your family. But there still has to be something in your own life and in your own family that, that you're focused on. Otherwise, you sit and spin in life without really doing anything. And, and then we find ourselves at 40, 50, 60, looking back over our lives and going, what have I done? Because we really didn't have a trajectory. And I know there are a lot of parents, and, and we did it with our kids, we have a plan for what we want to be true about our kids when they leave our house at 18 years old. What do we want them to look like? How are we parenting toward this goal and plan, and what does that look like? But I think if we want to have a, a vision and then to be able to share that vision within our families, we have to know what it is that we want out of life. And then to to not just keep that on our track, but we're in this together. I mean, it's it's team family. So to share that with your spouse, with your kids, our family does this. Um, we used to do this a lot. Our family does this. We don't do this. We do this. We don't do this. But there was an identity within our family, and that's because there is a vision, and I think that is critically important. It's not, it's not so easy to define, but it is critical to have your own mission and to have your own focus for life and for your family. So you said something I think was really important. You said, you know, who you want to be. I think so often it's easy to focus on what we want to accomplish, uh, getting a particular degree or getting a particular job or buying a certain house in a certain neighborhood or acquiring a car or getting our kids graduated from high school, you know, that sometimes you're just glad that you managed to get them out of high school alive and, and basically normal. But we don't often talk about what we what it, we want it to look like and feel like to be us and to be in our family, who we want our family to be and who right. we want to be, what is true about us in terms of our character and the way we treat other people and those kind of things. And so yeah. when we talk about, when I hear people talk about vision, for a company, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about what is it going to look like to be a part of our organization X distance in the future. And I think the vision for a family should be the same thing. What does it look like? What does our family look like? Not where do we live, not what do we do for a living, not what does our house look like, but but what do we look like? Who are we? So I, I, you, you brought that straight to the point. I, I really, really like that. It's interesting that um, over the last four months, we've had four different guests on the show that really kind of lean towards focusing on illuminating the vision. We got to hear from Amy K. Hutchins. Um, she's a fantastic uh, communications expert. We listened to Mick Cornett, who of course led Oklahoma City in, in probably one of the greatest city revivals that has occurred in the Midwest. Uh, David Holt, who's our current mayor in Oklahoma City, who has a, a great vision for diversity in our city and, and is going to see that through. And then a, a gentleman named Scott Klosowski, who's actually a, technis, a technology visionist, and he talks about you know thinking about where you want to be and, and what you want to be in the future. So those are excellent episodes that people might want to go back and look at if they didn't hear them, uh, that, that really talk more about what this looks like in an organization. So, Amy, let's move on to nurturing with encouragement. Now, at the risk of, of sounding uh, traditionally... Uh, traditional roles, 
Um, moms tend to be like the encouragers in families. And I've known you long enough to know that, that whether it's because you're a mom or not, you are a great encourager. So tell us a little bit about uh, nurturing with encouragement in a family. I think this is probably the most understandable of our ways as far as being able to translate it anywhere you go. It is what it says it is. It is really being an encourager to the people around you. And we all know that that's a important piece, especially for kids. Um, you can see kids light up when you tell them, hey, you did a great job or that looks wonderful. But sometimes we forget as, as adults that it's just as important. On this, I think this is primary for everyone. Uh, recently, I read an article that said at work, two-thirds of people are not being told within a seven-day period that anything they've done is great or worthy of moving forward. They, they just are not recognized and appreciated at work within a seven-day period. And the reason the seven-day period was important is because it your affirmation degrades after a certain... You can only live on it for so long. And if we're not telling the people at work that they're doing a great job, are we doing that at home? I mean, are we looking at our spouses and our kids and our parents and our siblings and making any effort to say, I really appreciate you. I really like what you do for our family. I really want to tell you that you as a person are amazing. Maybe, maybe we did it a long time ago, but I find myself needing a reminder that it is important. But I think one of the things it does, if we are encouraging in our families, then our whole family is uplifted. I mean, we walk in the door and you know if somebody is going to tell you, hey, thanks for what you've done, that it's going to be a much more positive home life than if there's a lot of negativity. And that's just very, very basic. But we can do it. We can change it. We, we set the tone. We're not dealt a card in our family. It's like, oh, that's just you. We can make that what we want it to be. And I think we start with very simply appreciating the people around us and verbalizing it. That's outstanding. I've, I've heard several times that you have to give 10 pieces of encouragement or positivity uh, for every correction or negative thing you give. And I know that in a family, especially when we're in the role in our roles as parents, it's so easy to spend all of our time correcting because we want our kids to do the right thing and we want them to not do the wrong thing. But we really need to remember how important it is to encourage. We've had a couple of great guests on using encouraging words in the in the workplace mm -hmm. too. Nico Gomez, who's a personal friend of mine, one of the most encouraging people I've ever known. I've never met the guy, never run into him anywhere, talked to him even for a couple of minutes that he didn't say something encouraging to me. And then Nathan Meller, um, who's my life coach, a good friend of mine, also a very, very encouraging person. So those are great episodes that people want to want to go back and pick those up. All right, Amy, I'm going to throw this one out there. I think this may be the, the hardest to comprehend in the uh, venue of a family or, or family life, and that's the sharing the reward and prosperity of, we say, the company with the contributors. Tell us how that works in a family. What are, what are we looking for there? Yeah, that, that is a little bit different, but I think if we take a slightly different look at it, it might help. When we are appreciated at work, when we are recognized at work, when we are successful, and 
most of our our emphasis has been on leaders. And so our leaders are by nature successful because you're in a role where people are looking at you and you are um, making policy. You're doing everything that is the premier point for an organization. Everybody's looking at you. So when you have that and when you're recognized for it, it is very important that you in turn recognize the people who helped you get there. You didn't do it by yourself. No one ever does anything alone. Um, not an athlete, not, a, not an individual sport athlete. They still don't do it by themselves. They've had trainers. They have people who help get them to places. We do so much to promote and push forward the people around us. And so many people work toward your success that to acknowledge that is to share the reward. When, when things happen that are wonderful for you in your company, bring along your family, your parents, your spouse, your kids. They all contributed to that pinnacle of success that you, that you are able to, to be and enjoy, but you didn't do it by yourself. And so share the reward with them. Share the, the adulation. Share the praise. Um, definitely defer and deflect and, and promote the people around you um, and model what it means to be generous with participants. That is hugely important because your kids are looking at you. And if you say, yes, but look how I got here and look who helped me do this, they are going to model exactly what you do. And when you do that, it demonstrates a gratefulness in your life. It, it shows that you are indeed thankful for people who have poured into you, for your parents and what they contributed to your life, probably sacrificially many times. And it shows that it shows people that at your core, there's a, a person who sees the world as not just about themselves, but there's so many other contributors to your own success. I think to share the rewards is definitely that that look of being grateful for people who helped you. That's fantastic. You know, it, it's interesting because the minute you say share the reward or prosperity of the company, I think most people's minds turn first to financial or physical things. So benefits and and you know dividends or bonuses or, or whatever. And, and that doesn't really translate well into a family. But the fact of the matter is, is that there's lots of, if, if I can use the word, there's lots of perks generated by an organization. There's lots of perks generated by a, by a family. You know, you have the reputation of your family. You have the things that your family is involved in. And involving everybody in the family in those things, just like we want to promote people in our company into the areas that, that we have influence. I think that's another, another really, really important way. And we had a couple of great guests over the last four months, um, two I, I would mention, Kevin Stitt uh, talked about uh, the leadership at uh, at his uh, you know at his company prior to becoming the, the governor of the state and the ways that they built that company by including everybody in the success of the company from the very beginning when they were just a little bitty company. And then we also talked to Mo Anderson, who uh, is is one of the most uh, inspiring people that I've ever had a chance to talk to came literally from nothing 
and, and built an empire which she has generously shared with every single person that she passed along the way. And so those are, those are great episodes. All right, so let's move on. Providing opportunities for people to grow. That one sounds like it should be pretty easy in the, in the family, family realm. What are, you, what are you thinking there? Absolutely. There's nothing obscure about this one. It is straight up opportunities to become better at being who you are. Now, we do this very, very well with our kids, especially when they're young. I mean, we, we do piano lessons. We do guitar lessons. We do tracks field, speed, football, every sport that can possibly, we, we have trainers for, for kids in everything. It's just, it's amazing the amount of opportunities that we provide for our kids to become better at whatever they may or may, may be talented in or may have interest in. And we need to do the same thing for ourselves and for our families. As an adult, we can still we can still do classes. We can still be trained. There are plenty of ways that we can continue to grow. I remember reading one time um, about, and these were these people had been married for probably fifty years, and one of them said, "Hey, what's your secret?" And they said, "You know, we continue to grow as a person. We don't just stay the same." every day. And there's ways to do that. Reading, obviously, um, books. Uh, there's a lot of ways to grow. And there's ways to grow as a family. And when you do things together, growth opportunities as a family, if you're, the, for instance, service opportunities or missions opportunities with your church, when you do that as a family, not only do you become richer and your world enlarges, but you also have a loyalty there and it, it builds your family tribe when you're growing together. But to never stagnate, keep growing. My father is 87 years old. He reads every day a significant amount and listens and learns. He's growing and it's critical. It's very, very important in life. I love that you said together, one of the things that kind of scares me about our society today is it's so easy for people to isolate, kind of do their own thing because you can just connect online or, you know, get plugged into something. And, and that's a death knell for an organization. If everybody in the organization isolates, it's certainly going to be true in a family also. So providing opportunities for the family to grow together and to have, have a chance to do things together, to learn together. And I think another thing that we need to remember is that sometimes our best growth comes from times when we are uh, kind of stressed out or, or in a difficulty. And not rushing to rescue our kids too quickly is actually giving them an opportunity sometimes to grow. And, and I know that's really difficult for me as a dad. I want to step in and fix things. I know what to do. I can take care of it, make a telephone call. But sometimes you need to let let people do their do their own thing. That's tough. We had a couple of, of really great uh, guests on the show uh, for for the, kind of this topic. George Young, uh, Senator George Young, again an amazing life story, and now really has dedicated his life uh, to making sure that other people have opportunities that maybe he didn't have. Um, Heath Thomas, who's a, a current president of OBU University. Of course, obviously, his entire job is providing an organization that is that is basically built to, to give other people a chance to grow into mm -hmm. what they are. And he was fascinating. Let's do it. And then Ken Parker, one of the smartest men I've ever met in my entire life. His whole life is about 
growth and innovation and finding new ways to do things. And if you talk to him for five minutes, you'll be inspired to do, do things you've never thought of before. So encourage people to go listen to that. All right. Investing in what matters to them. How do we do that in a, in a family? Those words, investment, doesn't always ring in a, in a family situation. So what are we really talking about there, Amy? I think that boils down to one word, and it's time. It is putting in the time. Because when you invest in what matters to your spouse or to your kids or to your parents, it's spending time with them doing what it is that, that is important to them. And to do that, you sometimes you have to be very intentional to create that, to create a specific time, set aside a time, and not just, hey, let me know when would be a good time. Make the time. Because if you really want to invest in what's important, then you make that time and you go and do it, and you don't just wait for an opportunity to come to you. And to be able to do this, the flip side of this coin, is you have to have enough margin in your own life to be able to carve out that time. Because, and and again, if it's important to you and your spouse knows it, your kids know it, if it's important to you, you will make time to do it. And so allowing yourself that margin, that, that freedom to be important to them by spending time with them doing their thing. That's fantastic time. Yeah. You know, used to, I remember a time when we heard a lot about quality time and you don't really hear people talk about that much anymore because I think we very quickly learned you can't just create quality time. Quality time happens when there's a quantity of time. And so that's what I'm hearing you say is we have to, if we, if they matter to us, if we really do care about them, we need to be willing to give them the time so that those things happen. And and so those opportunities come up. That's fantastic. Um, we, we talked to three different people in the past four months uh, that, that, that kind of gave us their insight on that. Jill Castilla, who is a phenomenal CEO of a bank, and their, their co- company does just all kinds of wonderful things, and she had some great stories to tell us. Sarah Roberts uh, is, is involved in an organization that grants money to all types of organizations, and she had some wonderful things to say. And then Nikki Nice, who's a current councilwoman here in Oklahoma City, and has a, a long track record of being involved in her community and all the different things that are important to the people around her and talked a lot about that. So I'd encourage people to go listen to those. Okay, the next one I think is easy, but I have a feeling you're going to have a twist that we haven't thought about. Respect and listen, giving people a voice. How, do, how does that show people we care in our families? Well, I think that one is something that, that can be really fun. And in my mind, when someone says, hey, give people a voice. It's We're all sitting around the table and somebody throws out an idea and we come up with a way to make it happen. Or somebody says, hey, what about vacation this year? And everybody put everybody puts in their ideas and, and they have input. Or, you know, hey, have we thought about let's do something different with anything? Pick the backyard. But when people start thinking about it, there's nothing better than a brainstorming session where people jump on another person's ideas and add to it and it gets better and better because of, of the more people who are involved in it and everybody wants to participate. When you do this as a family, that's when it's really great because then follow through with that. Everybody's had a say and 
one would assume that the, the communication within your own family is such that everybody feels comfortable talking about this, and that's a goal in and of itself. But when everybody has a say, and then you follow through and you actually do this project or this trip or whatever it is, there's such a sense of ownership, and you really do become team family, which is huge. It's huge for your kids to be part of a team, be part of a family, be part of a unit moving forward. And I think that ability to, to communicate, to talk things out, to throw in ideas, and to, to have a cumulative pool here, um, and then to fall and make it happen is a great way to, to have people understand that what they say counts. That's great. You know, I don't know about all the other people who are listening to our podcast, but as a leader, I really have to work at listening well. Because a lot of times, I already know where we're going. I, I already have an answer. I already have a solution. Uh, but I need to, if I'm going to show people that I care about them and if I'm going to demonstrate respect, I need to be willing to listen to their ideas and their solutions. And I think that's obviously just as true in our families. And it's really easy as a father or even as a mother, as a parent, um, to, to kind of cut our kids short sometimes when they're going through the long, you know, all the stuff they want to talk about. But just being willing to sit and listen to somebody and not even do, necessarily do anything, but there's maybe not anything to be done except just to hear people, I think sometimes is, is really important. We had some great uh, guests on, on respecting, listening, and giving them a voice. Kevin Penwell, who's a fabulous doctor and has a long history of, of really doing the, the doctor-patient thing well, doing it better than I think anybody else does. And then Myron Pope, who uh, has a, a long history of uh, working with educational organizations and and doing things with with student groups and again has spent a lot of his career just listening to people to hear what they had to say so we, we got some great information from them okay last but not least none of these are least they're just in an order that happens to if you happen to notice if you take the first letter of all the things that we've said it ends up spelling inspire so we kind of did that on purpose so they're not in an order that of their importance they're just in an order that worked well for the for the word that we came up with but the last one is establishing a safe environment. Talk to us a little bit about what it means to have a safe environment at home. Well, as a parent, that is one of our absolute responsibilities is to make our families safe and feel safe. And so, and there's many ways. This is both physically safe, emotionally safe, mentally safe. There's so many ways that that plays out. I'll tell you just a really quick story. When um, I have two boys, and when they were little, probably six and seven, we had Disney passes one year, and we would go to um, Magic Kingdom. So Magic Kingdom, as, as most of you probably know, has a big castle in the middle, but there's a lot of, of a different rides and attractions and, and various things all spread out throughout the park. And so, you know, kids are little, they're boys, they, that's, you can't, they're not on a leash. And so we would sit down with them before we, before we got there. We're like, okay, so here's the plan. When we get there, we're all hanging together. If for some reason you get separated from the group, then stand up on the nearest bench and look for us. Look around, and if you see us, all's well. If you don't see us, you can see the castle. So go to the castle, and when you get to the castle, just wait there, and we'll find you. And so that gave them, just as little kids, that gave them a plan. It gave them something to do rather than be afraid. They knew exactly what to do. So they had some mental, uh, uh, their, their emotion then would be 
focused more on doing what they were supposed to be doing. And it gave them a comfort and a safety because they knew that we would find them. If they went to the castle, we would find them. So, and, and that's just a little thing, but it's the whole idea of keeping your family understanding and empathizing because you can't keep someone safe if you can't feel what they, or at least a little bit of what the situation is where they are. So try to understand and empathize and then create create a plan for your for your family, for your spouse, for your kids, for the people around you that gives them some comfort and gives them um, just the the ability to know and trust that you're going to be there for them. That's keeping your family safe. That's keeping a safe environment within a family. And I think that is one of the most foundational of our ways because if your kids and and spouse are not safe, don't feel safe, then all the rest of these ways take a little bit of a different look. So to me, this this is a really big one. Start with that and then add on the words, the gratefulness, the voice, the everything else. But start with making them know with beyond anything else that they are completely safe and loved. I love that you brought up empathy because uh, for me, a big part of establishing a safe environment here in at Kim Ray in our organization or anywhere else that I'm involved is a lack of judgmentalism, you know, just not judging people. It doesn't mean that we necessarily agree with everything. And I certainly didn't agree with everything my kids did or are doing. They make mistakes just like we all do, and they have their own ideas, and I don't have to agree with them. But not judging them, I think, is really important because nobody feels safe while they're being judged. And if they feel judged, they're not going to talk, they're not going to be open, they're not going to work with us. And that's true everywhere, but it's especially true in a family. We had a couple of great guests Marty Grubbs, senior pastor of Crossings Community Church, huge church, but started small. Marty's been there since the very beginning, and he's just a wonderful man in terms of his ability to relate to people and talk about how you how you create inclusiveness and safety in a, in a large group. And then Michelle Garrett, who's a, a licensed therapist, talked to us about really the kind of the ins and outs of, of how that works in our heads and our hearts and, and our minds. Well, we've had a wonderful time over the last four months, talking about this with all of our guests. Um, Each of them have shown us a different facet in how we value people. And then, Amy, thank you for for just opening up and sharing how we do this in our personal and private lives as as well as the places that we lead. To kind of close out our first season, we have a a special treat for our listeners. Um, Amy, she she wouldn't tell you this unless I drug her onto the show and made her tell you, but Amy has written a book and uh, it's a, a book about the seven ways. And uh, Amy, tell us just a little bit about how we got here, because it's kind of, a, kind of an interesting thing, what you've done. Okay, this book is called How Do I Win? And it really is a rhyme. And we did it so that we could explain these seven ways concisely, and we can give somebody this book and it's supposed to be published first of the year, we can give somebody this book and very quickly they can read through it and hopefully enjoy the story because in this story, there's a young man starting out in life and he's really wanting great things for his life. And he has a a mentor 
who is going to help direct him perhaps away from some pitfalls and into a life that is one that can build a legacy and be something that he can become very, very proud of and and with this direction. So I don't want to spoil it for you, but <laughs> I think that um, as you follow this young man through this through the ways that are described in this this little story, I think you'll see what we're talking about a little bit more with these ways and how incredibly important they are for each of us. I've really, it's been a lot of fun working on this project with Amy because what she really did was uh, she ended up writing, we were talking about writing a a children's book for adults, which I think is a, a great idea she had. And we were talking about it one week and it seemed like something we wanted to do, and I was on board with it. And uh, I think it was like a Sunday afternoon, two or three days later, uh, I get an email uh, from her, and it's got the entire script of this book. She had written it, and it's really incredible. And And we have a great treat for you all because uh, we actually have somebody here at, at Kimry who's a fantastic narrator. He has a, a wonderful voice. I love listening to him. His name's Hugh Sauer, and now he is going to read for us How Do I Win by Amy Mason. How Do I Win? by Amy Mason The old man sat down on a seat in the sun. He'd seen many long days, both of work and of fun. With his years, he might know the answer I sought, so I sat down beside him to ask what he thought. He peered at me closely when I said, Would you please give me some advice on how to have these? I want to be big. I want to go far. I want a grand house and a super-fast car. I want to dress well. I want people to know who I am, what I've done, everywhere that I go. With all that you've done and all the places you've been, please tell me, kind sir, how do I win? He looked in my face with eyes wise and strong. Then he said with a smile, You've got it all wrong. It's not about wealth or being a star. It's not what you have. It's about who you are. If you want to succeed and then leave a mark, you must treat people well. So I'll give you the spark to light your own fire, to fan your own flame, to order your life, and to give you a name a name that will cause all people to know you've created a path where others can go. To be a trailblazer, to be called a success, is really quite simple. You don't have to guess. You must value all people, everyone, everywhere. Above everything else, you must show them you care. This must be a mindset followed all your life through, that people have value and meaning to you. All are important, whatever their size or color of skin or shape of their eyes. Who cares if they're wealthy or poor as a mouse or live in a mansion or share a small house? It's not what they have. It's not what they do. It's just who they are that should matter to you. How can you do this? What could you show that would change people's lives? Here's what you should know. There are seven ways, guidelines to adopt. If you follow these closely, 
You'll come out on top. These are things people want and things people need. And you must be faithful whenever you lead to make people feel valued, to give them your best and make their world better with the time you possess. The first way is vision. Share the plan and the path. Give the whole future outlook and show them the math. Your people will step up if they know where to go. When they feel that you trust them, they'll move with gusto. Fuel for the journey, a focused career, and passion all come from a vision that's clear. Next up are your words, the most crucial of ways. For once said, words are held throughout all of our days. Your words must build up and never destroy. Encourage your people in pursuits they enjoy. Speak kindly and often of the strengths where they shine. Let encouraging words be how they define the way you relate and the tone of the place. Then you'll be rewarded by each smiling face. You'll work for a purpose, not just the wealth. And the team that surrounds you drives the company's health. So the profits you make are not yours to hoard. And way number three is to share the reward. When you treat people well, taking care of their needs and making them part of the wins and proceeds, you'll have loyal team members with focus and drive who promote the group mission, helping each other thrive. Way number four will cause you to show your value for all as you help them to grow. Whatever the method, however you can, provide options and time and means for a plan. A class to gain knowledge, the mind to expand, or training for leaders. The impact is grand. The promise of growth and a learning gateway add depth and give drive to live larger each day. Way five might sound basic, but it's never a whim to know and invest in what matters to them. You'll find this comes easy when you truly do care about life in their world and you ask them to share the books they love reading and cars that they like, vacations they go on to swim or to hike, the food they enjoy, and the dreams that they dream which hobbies inspire them and their favorite ball team, the family they cherish, the kids they adore, their reason for living, all this and much more you'll find when you ask. So spend time and invest in people around you, and you will be blessed. Number six is to listen. Just give them the floor. Focus all your attention like never before. Hear what they're saying. Then hear what they mean and realize their outlook reflects what they've seen. Give them a voice to express their own take and value their input in choices you make. You learn when you listen. Your team has a word you're better for knowing all you have heard. One last crucial way to show value that's true is keep everyone safe in the work that they do. To have calm, secure space, free from danger and harm, a place that is kind with no cause for alarm, no threat of harassment, completely at peace gives people the comfort, their cares to release, and become better neighbors who give back and lead, a culture of sharing with others in need. My friend, 
Here's the blueprint showing you how to build up your people. And you understand now, if you want to be big and you want to go far, set aside the grand house, forget the fast car, pour into their lives, then your people will know who they are, what they've done, everywhere that they go. The man finished speaking. I sat there amazed. His words had transformed the rest of my days. My goals are now different. My thoughts realigned with new plans for the future. My path is defined. I'm building a place where these ways will be spread. And I often recall the last words that he said, make life about others, the secrets therein. For when you value all people, you will indeed win. Thank you for joining us today on Word from the Herd, a production of the Kimmel Foundation. For more information about the Kimmel Foundation, visit us at thekimmelfoundation.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at thekimmelfdn. Please share this podcast and join us again next week for another Word from the Herd.